sense. But if we think of getting someone back to functional functionality as a human being, we have to expose them to movements and stuff that they're going to see in everyday life. I mean, nowadays we can kind of get by with not doing a lot of stressful things and functional movements, but I still think it's really, really important that people build the capacity and stress their body in a good way and properly recover from it so they can be more functional. Welcome everyone to our Tuesday chat. Jalisa is at the gym coaching a client today, helping them get fitter and stronger. So it's me and Tom, and we are going to start off our pain series. Now, not ways to make your movement more painful, but hopefully to give you some advice on how to get out of pain or some, just some conversation around pain in general. Uh, today we're going to be talking about load versus capacity and Tom and I have had the opportunity to actually teach other gyms on some of these principles on how to train clients and how to train people to get out of pain without leaving the gym type of thing. So Tom, do you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah, that's been, it's been really fun. And I think it's been, or load versus capacity is one of those principles that applies to almost everything that you touch in your life really um it's basically just like if you if you don't have the capacity to do a certain thing and there's too much load placed on you the risk of either injury if it's a physical task increases or maybe if it's like workload in relation to like mental mental stress or something else like that like if you don't have the capacity to deal with the mental load that you are being given then you are more likely to enter into some sort of mental mental illness or something is going to give right so what our whole goal is when we are training somebody is to help increase their capacity and uh, without putting too much load on them so that that load exceeds their current capacity wherever they're at. So I think the easiest analogy to think of is, well, just with, with lifting weights, right? Like if you don't have the capacity to lift 100 pounds, we shouldn't try to get you to lift 120 pounds. That just doesn't make any sense, right? So in order to increase your capacity, we would maybe need to lift, you know, 80 pounds for a little while and then bump it up to 90 pounds and then bump it up to 100 and until you kind of increase your capacity. Another one that's kind of easier to think of is like if you're thinking of a scenario where the load placed on your body would immediately, you know, surpass your capacity, that would be like getting hit by a train. You would that load, the load of that train hitting your body would exceed your capacity and you'd probably not survive depends how fast it's going of course but you probably wouldn't be in a very good shape after getting hit by that train so um that's just a more extreme version of it but it does happen um in everyday life and it's not necessarily always just one singular thing that is adding load onto your body so it's like i said the simplistic way to think of it but the easiest way to think of it is with weight lifting weight in the gym but there can also be extra stressors that go on in in your life just in general perhaps it wasn't a 
a great sleep the night before, or your nutrition was a little bit off the day before, or that maybe for the last you know week or so, or maybe it's something like you had a argument with a boss or a coworker at work, or you're having an argument with your spouse at home. There's a lot of things that can kind of compound and weigh on you throughout the day. And so we like to have this conversation with uh, a lot of our coaching clients. It's like, okay, let's take into account kind of what's going on in your life right now at this given point in time. And maybe it's not the best day to hit a super hard workout right now. Maybe this is a better day for you to do some sort of active recovery or, you know, maybe do, yeah, just a slow sweat workout and not lift extremely heavy relative to you. Right. So, or maybe it's a rest day completely. There are days where you need to do that as well. So I think that's, that's the principle in general um and then we encourage people to yeah like think of more isn't always better i guess right if you, you you can continue to train more and more and more but if you haven't been able to recover from the load that you've placed on your body then it's really hard to continue to improve so that's kind of the principle in general i guess yeah yeah that's really well put and then you can start to think about different ways to decrease the load and you mentioned recovery and different ways to recover are doing active an active recovery workout or flow workout which could be a walk it could be 20 minutes of different types of movements that aren't too stressful and if you're talking about zones of heart rate like zone one type of movement right we get a little bit of a sweat on you're getting blood flow it's relaxing. It's not putting too much stress on your body. Um, and like you mentioned, Tom, it's a lot of times, we, if, let's say we get injured or pain arises, we like to look at the last thing that we did, like kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. When, when you look at it, there's a lot of things that can go into um, an injury. You're the load um, surpassing your capacity. And it's just the easiest thing to say, this is exactly what hurt me, which when we do that, that will then dictate the program we do. So that's not always the best case. So we need to take, so as an example, when someone comes into us and say, Hey, my knee isn't feeling good or my shoulder isn't feeling good. What should I do? And our response is, I don't know yet. I don't have enough information, right? And even with all the information, we won't really know for sure. So, but it helps to get information. So example, if someone comes in with a shoulder, you might go through some sort of questions and say, how well have you been sleeping? What's your HRV, your heart rate variability? What's your CO2 tolerance at today? And all these different things. If you're interested, send us a message. We'd be happy to show you how they can kind of be markers of something going on. Um, how has your nutrition been? Are you eating a lot of inflammation or inflammatory type foods? Um, like you said, are you, is it a stressful time at work or is there financial stress? Are these, all these different things going on? And then we go through that and then we'll take the person through a range of motion test, right? Cause that's a capacity thing too. If you don't have capacity in a range of motion and you're trying to exceed that too, too often, right? Like if you exceed your the range of motion every once in a while, it's going to be fine. But our bodies are built to 
get the task done regardless of our capacity. So we will compensate in different areas. So we'll test the range of motion. Then we'll test your force production, right? How, how much force can you produce in any given range of motion and your energy systems too? Like how are you in aerobic, your aerobic energy system versus anaerobic and all these different ways. So there's a lot that can go into an injury. So to say, if you go and see someone and they say that they know exactly what happened and why it's there, maybe seek some more advice too to get a more well-rounded picture. Because even we'll say like, go see other people besides us because we want as much information as we can get based on their, someone's expertise. Yeah, no, and the full picture is kind of the biggest thing. And it's never like a one size fits all thing, but this is some well, for those of you who can see this right now, this is it's one of the principles that we talk about in we call it movement resolution. It's our education course, like Matt said, to help train other gyms. But here's a kind of a visual representation of it. Um, so let's say your capacity was a hundred. So for those of you who can't see this, I've kind of got four different bar graphs on this on this screen here ranging anywhere from you know 50 all the way up to way over 100 and let's say if your capacity was just 100 um, and all these different colored kind of sections here represent a different type of stress that could potentially have happened in your life right so we've got a previous workout you could be stressed from a previous workout we've talked about work stress we talked about nutrition rest and recovery, maybe that wasn't so good, your home life, and then a previous injury as well. That is a big one. So um, those are all things that can add extra, I guess, load onto your body. And if your capacity is at 100, for those of you who can't see this, um, there's three kind of people or three bars that would be under their full capacity and one person that's already exceeded it. So for the person that's already exceeded their capacity, we shouldn't be doing anything more with that person at this given point in time. And then there's a couple people that are not doing so bad. Like one person's maybe at 50%. So they've got a little more to give. And there's somebody who is very, very close to their full capacity. So maybe they don't need to get a lot added onto themselves either. So if you think of all these different tasks as, you know, stressors that could be placed on your mind and body, we always think like this is kind of the question we ask within the last 24 hours, let's think of all the stressors that you've had placed on your body and mind in the last 24 hours. And how is that going to affect your training tomorrow? Or how do you think it should affect your training tomorrow? And so it's kind of just asking ourselves that question and thinking of it more holistically, like Matt said, and maybe, yeah, maybe it is getting different opinions from different professionals in the industry to try to understand what's going on with this with each individual a little bit better, but I think it's yeah very very important, and we're always we've always kind of been about the holistic side of things, um, because yeah well, I mean we'll get people that say I mean it's it maybe does does happen that it's like uh, if you like you know something extreme happens if you break a bone or something you could try to tie it back to that one incident, right. but there could be I mean there there are lots of injuries that are built up slowly over time and then all of a sudden you think it's just tied to one thing but really it was a accumulation of a bunch of little things yeah yeah and then once we know so if we know that all these things can add up to 
an injury or pain manifesting in someone. We also know that the opposite, like doing the contrast or the, the, the opposite of what that thing is could be helpful, right? So if I know that if my heart rate variability is, you want a higher heart rate variability, you want it above 100. If you get that higher, if it's low, that's going to decrease the load on your body. If you increase your CO2 level, that's going to decrease the load on your body. But then we also have to think that you can go to the extreme too and never put any kind of load or stressor on your body, which isn't good either. Because when something isn't stressed, it becomes stagnant, right? It, it, our bodies adapt to the stress you put on them. You're not going to adapt further than the stress you put on your body. When properly recovered from, stress is really good. That's how muscle grows, right? It breaks down and it gets stronger with proper nutrition, proper diet, proper rest, all these different things. So you can go too far on the spectrum, the other way on the spectrum, and not stress the body at all because you don't want to get injured. Well, that's not going to create a resilient body. That's not going to create resiliency in the joints. And that's not good either. So even if someone's rehabbing, and like Tom said, we don't, there's a lot of acute injuries we can't help with, but there's a lot of injuries like chronic injuries we can help with in terms of strength and conditioning exercise and lengthening and strengthening. There's a lot of injuries that will need stress and will need some discomfort involved in order to get stronger. So if we think of trying to just rehab someone in the sense of just using bands, right? That's, that's not always the best situation. Like there, there is a time and place for bands, but if we think of getting someone back to functional functionality as a human being, we have to expose them to movements and stuff that they're going to see in everyday life. I mean, nowadays we can kind of get by with not doing a lot of stressful things and functional movements, but I still think it's really, really important that people build the capacity and stress their body in a good way and properly recover from it so they can be more functional um, human being closer to the genetic potential. I think that's a fascinating thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that, I think, in our CrossFit one, right? Just trying to, I mean, be ready for any and all situations because, I mean, you don't want to think that way that you're going to be put in like a, a life-threatening situation or you're going to need to potentially save somebody. Um, but if you haven't been exposed to that type of activity before, you're not going to be able to do it in the moment if the need were to arise. So we do need to expose the body to, yes, yeah, some levels of stress. And like Matt said, in in small doses, in when when it's not chronic stress, acute stress is actually quite good, very good for you um for your body and for your mind and then if you can recover from it you come out on the other side a little bit stronger so um i think it's the it's the chronic thing that sets in and if we have another thing that ties this all kind of together like if you have a chronic chronic stress leading to a chronic injury it's going to take a chronic solution we can't just put a band-aid on it and have it be magic or take a pill and have it be magically better the next day if it's built up over a period of time, if it took you three to six months to develop this injury, it's likely going to take you three to six months to recover from it as well. So that's another thing to take into consideration as well. 
Yeah, because you could, you could think about that same principle in terms of a weakening muscle, right? That's a chronic inactivity of a muscle, and a chronic inactivity leads to um, atrophy of the muscle. But if then you expose it to stress, chronic stress, it'll continue to adapt, continue to get stronger and stronger. So yeah, hopefully everyone found this of benefit. Uh, if you have questions on this, feel free to reach out. If you have a chronic pain issue you've been dealing with, we're more than happy to help. We've developed a whole program around this at our facility. And you don't have to be from Camerals to do it. We can do it remotely too. We uh, got really good at that over the pandemic. So happy to help. Got any applicable things to wrap it up, Matt? Yeah, let's do a CO2 test. So make sure you're seated for this. Um, there's two different tests you could do. So what you do is you take three normal breaths. And then as after you take the three normal breaths, you're going to exhale all of your air out. Once you get rid of all your air, like pretend you're blowing out candles, you have to get rid of all your air. You're going to time how long you can hold that for. Right, so you're not hyperventilating or anything before, you're just doing three normal breaths, exhale everything out, and then you're seeing how long you can hold it for. If you can make it above 20, now don't go too faint or anything, you want an actual good baseline. Um, anything below 20 is like maybe your body's a little stressed or you just are lacking CO2 tolerance. So it's good to find a baseline, test it. Another, another other one is three normal breaths, take a uh, breath in, normal breath in, and then you're going to exhale as slowly as you can. And you time how long you can do that for. Tom? Yeah, those are two two good ones and two. can be improved through nose-only breathing in your workouts. So we're always advocating for that. Mine would be, um, we were actually talking about this yesterday. If you want to kind of get, it's just one indicator, but it can be a good indicator as to whether or not you are getting stressed or like it could be a sign that you're starting to get a little bit sick as well, um, is measure your heart rate every single morning, right? Like before you get out of bed, if there's some way for you to measure your heart rate before you wake up in the morning and then track it and you'll, you'll just kind of find where your kind of average is uh, first thing in the morning. And then if at any point, you know, it's maybe it's up a little bit, you're either you're stressed, you didn't sleep very well, um, you didn't recover as well from the workout or from whatever you did the day before, or perhaps you're starting to get a little bit sick as well. So that would be another one to help determine what kind of your maybe load or your capacity would be for that day. If your heart rate's already elevated, maybe you don't have quite as much in the tank for that day in particular. So that's another one. Yep. And then also if anyone wants uh, a whoop strap, we have a discount code through our facility, just send me a message. Happy to provide you with that. And that will give you your HRV, which is the distance between each heartbeat, the time between each heartbeat. I believe. Now I have to double check. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all Thursday.